All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. And today we are going to dive into something I think is so important. Let me ask everybody listening a question. Do you think as we go into work every day, we deserve a great place to work, a great culture? How about this? Even a great boss, somebody who we know cares about us. They're going to push us to our best. But when they give us feedback, we know it's because they see our potential. They want us to step into what we are capable of. And they're doing it from a place that, you know what, they actually care about us. And so it's a lot easier to take feedback and to improve when you're working with and around people like that. Because one of the things we talk about here is, hey, imagine if you had a place as a leader, as a, especially as a business owner, that your employees on Sunday night were excited about the week ahead. And on Monday morning, either driving to work or walking down to the hall to, to get to their home office, they were mm. looking forward to it. And you know what? There's an element in think about the things that you enjoy doing with family and friends. And we can bring those elements in. And so, Dave, we're going to tell you how to do that because I think it's so important. We are those that can bring in these positive influence. So, Dr. Joey Facet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. By the way, 54%. Sherm found 54% of all American workers surveyed say they left a job because of a bad or a toxic boss. And one third more are seriously or have seriously considered leaving a job because of a bad or toxic boss. Well, so, yeah. And here's something that just came out. Um, a friend forwarded me this article. It was a survey done by Monster, you know, the job placement yeah, board. Like right, 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 right. And what they found, the and this was last year though, but it was, I'm sure the numbers are still relevant that 80, I think it's 83% of American workers right now uh-huh. are either considering moving or actively considering leaving their job. So I want you to think about it. Anybody out there, look yep. around at your peers. If you're out, if you're not leaving <laughs> the team, eight out of 10 are already talking to somebody about a better yeah. place. That's right. When you're on that Zoom call, look around at the little tiles. <laughs> right, look around the little tiles. Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Oh, about four gonna, out of five of those tiles. It, but... Right. Four out of five of those tiles, they're hasta luego, baby. They're thinking about it. And, and how engaged are we going to be in our job if we're like, if we already have one foot out the door or we're like, man, there's, but here's something else mm-hmm. I have found. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the toxic boss anymore, especially with this mm-hmm. new generation. So let's say somebody comes in there working for me and I okay. treat them really well and it's smooth sailing, but one of their friends, their coworkers is working for somebody else mm-hmm. and it's all about them and they're not affirming and they're constantly critical and they watched who just got promoted and it is not a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. It was based on completely their own little circle of friends versus who can do the work. So it's not only just that relationship, it's also the culture I think is becoming another factor if we really want to have our best people. So Mm -hmm. let me give you guys a little background on uh, Joey. First of all, as I'm launching my book on purpose with purpose. So by the time you guys hear this, the book has just come out. So um, please go buy the book. (laughs) And write me a review. Once you write review, let me know. And I'm going to send you the audio book for free. And also my core values course. And also a reading plan that we developed just for awesome, teens. To be By able the to way, John's grandchildren program. will really appreciate it if you go buy a copy of that book and write a review today, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, they sure will. <laughs> Joey, you and I met as we were trying to put together the, you know, as we're out there, you had me on your podcast. Right. And, and John, two times. You're the first person to ever have back-to-back episodes on Faith Positive Radio. So how cool is that? Yes. And so you guys want to add an, another amazing podcast to your, your listen list, Faith Positive Radio. Trust me. Oh, thanks, man. Joey, your style, your engagement, your conversation was honestly one of my favorites. Oh, Wow. And oh, by the way, I didn't pay John to say that. <laughs> so his well, grandchildren can tell, can't Joey doesn't really like me. to have a lot of fun. But as soon as I got you out of your cocoon, we kind of started. We got. Yeah. <laughs> what did that take? Three nanoseconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think John and I were separated at birth. I got the preferred lot, though, because I got to grow up in the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, bless your heart, Joey. Bless my heart. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I've written one book. Joey has written eight. They've been bestsellers. Two of them have been number one bestsellers. And the latest book that you did, and I think it's so positive, we're going to be digging into today, everybody, is Work Positive Mm -hmm. in a Negative World. I don't don't think now more than ever we need this. There's also a team edition. Yeah, that's You guys can go get this. It's free. It's going to be limited time. But just Mm -hmm. go. And I think this is so important to work positivebook.com. Okay. Thanks. And you started and founded a coaching company called listen to life Two. That's T O O It's this international Mm -hmm. coaching company. Mm -hmm. You guys develop leaders, you engage employees, you transform culture. And I love what you just Mm -hmm. shared with me. People are just absolutely allergic to the word change. (laughs) <laughs> you better carry carry an emotional EpiPen if you're going to make the word change a part of your dominant vocabulary because you're going to be stabbing people left and right yeah that's right I mean, but guess who, what when we come something? in and reframe that and say hey guess what we're going to Absolutely. improve the culture we're going to make this we're going to improve the culture, a culture right. people love to be well that you have to change to get that but what we're doing is we're going to frame it in a way that it's going to be a lot more accessible for your folks Okay. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to make more sense in the C-suite too, especially the CFO, because we can draw a straight line from culture improvement to ROI. Yeah, hundred percent. So you've been, oh my goodness, you've all kinds of been fortune 50 companies, family owned businesses, mm-hmm. nonprofits, government, mm-hmm. you're doing work in 50 countries. You've been on radio mm-hmm. and TV and you've written for wall street journal and CNBC and money watch and Fox news and entrepreneur.com and Yahoo Finance and lots of other places. So guys, I'm so excited to have you here, Joey. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. I'm the sum total of my relationships. So (laughs) I got some great (laughs) people around me who find opportunities. So I'm just really blessed by those. Thanks. That's true. And, you know, married, wife, grandkids. We were sharing. I got one. Yeah, I've I've got one. Yeah, Yeah. you may have read about her now. She was definitely all over the news. The most brilliant, beautiful granddaughter ever born. Yeah, you you probably read about her. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I didn't know life could be this good. I really did not. I've appreciated all the seasons of my life. But first of all, 38 years married to the same woman. Her name should be Grace, right? (laughs) And she's brought so much joy to my life. And we're at that phase now where joy is just evident, just little granddaughter is a year old now and she lives a couple of miles from us oh by the way her mom and dad do too and uh, <laughs> and it's just it's just so good I didn't have this privilege growing up our daughters we have two daughters they didn't have this privilege growing up but it's just amazing 
at how much God wants us to enjoy life and just pours blessings into us. So just getting to share life with that beautiful little granddaughter is. Yeah. I could go on forever. So and I have pictures. If you want to email me, Dr. Joey at getpositive.today, I'll be glad to regale you with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. My well, culture's hey. improved greatly over the last year. <laughs> yeah, I spent the whole day yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday with my grandson. Mm. One of the favorite things. But here's what I'd like to do because in the okay. you and I were talking earlier, and one of the mm-hmm. I asked you about, hey, what's one of the highlights about the journey you'd like to share as we kind of get to share with the audience? And you said that in every adversity contains within it the seeds of opportunity. And I so agree with that. Mm. And maybe it would be really good to actually rewind the tape a little bit because, you know, Joey, okay. with the experience that you have now and at your age, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot age. of younger <laughs> leaders. Well, you're, you got to be, I'm 54. I'm, I'm guessing you're at least 55. Oh, uh, maybe a little more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. With all the things that you've been through, the right? The ups and downs. Right? What's that? Yeah. yeah. Insert the ball jokes here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a Dr. Norman Vincent Peale quote, by the way who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking back in 1952. And so every adversity contains seeds of opportunity. seems like so often we expect circumstances around us, the environment, workplace, you know, just name it, the world, to somehow make us positive, to somehow, you know, just overflow and and it's all sunshine and roses, rainbows and unicorns, right? But man, we live in a broken world. And I'm just being realistic with that. Uh, life sucks sometimes. And as Rabbi Kushner said years ago, bad things happen to good people. And I don't understand it. Um, wife and I were having a conversation last evening about a family that it just suffered, it seemed to us, unduly. And we, we, just, we had no rational explanation for it. So, and I'm not sure, John, that I've seen a whole lot of Jesus followers who are any different from persons who don't follow Jesus in this regard. They just expect a broken world to somehow heal itself and to bless them, right? So if we sit passively and wait for the adversity to end, for the chaos to cease, man, we're going to be sitting for a while. And so it's going to lead to a very sedentary, passive lifestyle in which you live unfulfilled and uh, your hopes, dreams, and desires are just going to stay right there. They're rarely going to be manifested or actualized. So sorting through the adversity with faith, right? Which means we walk by faith. These are things that we don't see. So just Uh, maintaining that centered relationship in Christ and finding guidance and discernment there in the midst of the broken world is Mm -hmm. key because he did tell us, look, the world's broken. It's troubled. I mean, come on, John, if the world wasn't broken, Jesus would be like totally irrelevant, right? Why would we need him? He'd be unnecessary. So God in his infinite wisdom decided to come down here and say, here's the way it is. Here's the way it should go. So your heart, just don't let your heart be troubled because he's already overcome the world. So the question instead of what am I going to do about this is, Father, where are you in this? And I'm going to channel my inner Henry Blackaby now. And how may I join you in reconciling this world to you? 
Because God's already in the, well, like the song says, already in the storm, uh, in the adversity. So it's a matter of sorting through it, the adversity to find the seeds of opportunity and plant them, grow them. And man, that is so applicable to what I think is the greatest mission field of all today. And that is the workplace. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, let me share something with folks. And it was an exercise. I was sitting down one-on-one. I don't know if you know Lance Wall now, Mm -hmm. but we were talking about this specifically and I'm looking at all the different things and you guys know the story, right? I was about to go to Top Gun. I get hit with a softball in the eye and I'm out. And then I start a career with my best friend and he was taking money out of the company and we lost literally everything where we didn't literally were digging through our house for a change to go buy some gas and baby formula. That, that is not an exaggeration. That is not a, okay. I mean, that's where my wife and I were at. And then I build a company 90 hours a week. It gets wiped out by the internet bubble popping. Mm. Right. And then you guys all know about my accident and there's been some other, mm. and what he had me do is take a big sheet of paper <laughs> and uh, like, you know, you use a the conference room, that, you know, right? like the big <laughs> ones you write on and stick on the wall yeah. and right, turn it right. sideways. And we drew a line through the middle and he said, John, I want you to go back as far as you can. And what's the first thing you remember? And he had me do this from a spiritual standpoint, whether mm-hmm. it was a high or a low, a positive or negative. And then he had me, we did this in pencil, start connecting the dots What across this line what were the highs? What were the lows? What were they relative to each other? So I had to really think about this as I drew this out. Mm-hmm. But then we went back and we looked at all those adversities like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and because he wanted me to see what the opportunity, what mm. the growth, what the learning, mm-hmm. what the equipping was in there. Because he said, John, yeah. some of these, he goes, I know they're going to be associated with pain. Mm. and brokenness. And what that is, is the full healing of Jesus has not happened yet. Right. And for some of that, I'll just be honest with folks. I needed some help. I actually, this Mm -hmm. gave me some awareness. I actually went and saw a Christian counselor Mm -hmm. and a therapist Mm -hmm. for some of these, because I'm like, I can't reconcile it. Mm -hmm. These were not good. Well, we all need help untangling the knots, right? We do. Like, you know what? If we broke our ankle, we'd go see a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing absolutely. is, in the Christian world, too, it's not that you have a bad prayer life or you have unrepentant sin. Guess what? Some of these factors in our life externally, internally, our environment can create different levels of mental illness, depression, right. anxiety. Right. You know absolutely. what? Let's go see a doctor who also right. understands well, their faith. And that what they can do is help sure. you sure. get to the truth. And the truth for me was, no, I just I needed to talk through these things, have some tools. But unpack them. What I learned in that was all of a sudden I saw how each one of those, what I saw were these really negative things. Why did I go through it? Mm-hmm. And for me, they transformed into these like beautiful gifts, mm. assets that without them, there's no way that I could do the work that I'm called to today. Mm. And some of this stuff, five, 10, 20, 30 years not right. happened. And right. I got to tell you, for me, it was like, an incredibly liberating process. So that's something you guys, mm-hmm. you all can even go do if you're struggling with this. Maybe that'll give you a, maybe, you know, my, I'm simple, Joey. So I'm always, hey, what is that one small thing I can work on? So maybe a process like that just mm-hmm. helps you say, okay. It does. Wow, I, here's that one thing that if I worked on that, you know what, might put other things in context a little more. Right, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate uh, simple and 
try to focus on that as well. Simple is rarely the equivalent of easy though. <laughs> so, no, that's a good a, point. But a simple thing that we teach in our coaching programs and as a part of our five core practices is the use of a gratitude diary. Mm-hmm. Each evening before you go to sleep, you know, writing down three positive experiences you had that day. And as Jesus followers, of course, it's a, it's a spiritual dynamic for us because you know, where'd you see God at work in your life today? Maybe another way of doing that. But the Hebrew word, <clears throat> in fact, it's in, in my other office, calligraphy artistically hangs up there. It's gratitude is my word for 2021. And uh, may sound kind of weird after coming off a pandemic (laughs) or coming out of a pandemic, maybe a better, more accurate way of putting that to have gratitude. But if you unpack that, my friend uh, who's the PhD in Hebrew tells me that the two characters there in Hebrew literally mean to recognize the good in any situation. And that's exactly what your friend Lance did with you. Had you, you know, let's put up the situations. Now let's find, let's recognize the good in them. And look, I understand some days are really in the crapper and it's hard to find one, much less three things that you can appreciate and be grateful for that day. However, you can always go down to the basics. Like I didn't get run over by a concrete truck today. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I avoided that. Uh, or in your case, I didn't get on a horse that ran me <laughs> lightning like speed into some rails or something. Or as we were talking about earlier, you know, today you're not wearing your oxygen. And when I interviewed you for my podcast, both times you were wearing oxygen. So yeah. you know, there, there are days that are mountaintop transfiguration kind of days And yet, John, I would just remind you that we can be transfigured every day. And yet we still follow Christ back down off that mountain of transfiguration back into the world where it is broken. It is negative. But greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. So we can be salt and light in that way because we are grateful for and recognize the good in any situation. So that's one simple task that you can do every day. And we can talk about the neuroscience behind it and why I recommend it at night if you want. But uh, anyway, so that's well, yeah, thing. that'd be fascinating. And I think also it's, you know, just learning, the more you get to know to learn the nature of God, the easier it is to trust him. How do you trust somebody you don't know? Mm, I don't. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't trust people that you don't know. And uh, trusting nope. God has been huge for me, especially after the accident, all the ups and downs. Mm. But, you know, you also, you know, you mentioned, Joe, you know, but you got to come down and yep. now bring that into the world. And, th- and this is what we're yep. going to focus on today, too. And you guys can already see why I just love hanging out with Joey. Uh, it's always but fun you, dude. Yeah. So let's think about our teams, right? And, you know, we yep. have different groups out in who's listening right now. I know we have uh-huh. a large group, Joey, that are coaches. So these are people that are coming okay. in. They're equipping leaders to actually help places get better, you know, get toward business goals. Awesome. Is this where I rah, rah, ICF and (laughs) yeah, ICF, (laughs) all that competencies. Yeah. And Jane Cresswell is my coaching partner. She was the very first coach at IBM. So yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Got to talk to her last week. Yeah, she really is. And, And we, in our company, as you mentioned earlier, we use coaching to create, help companies and organizations create positive work cultures. So yeah, we're all up in it. Yeah, and you guys do an amazing job. Now, here's the other group that's listening. We have mm-hmm. any everywhere from CEOs of Fortune 100 companies who I know listen 
to people that are solopreneurs. They got, you know, one or two people or mm-hmm. they're in a corporate structure and they're a team lead. They're a supervisor. They're, yeah. they're actually a, what I call a second level supervisor, right? They're managing mm-hmm. other managers. Right. And then the other group is because every one of us have influence are the folks, mm. you know, the rest of us that are out there that are just, you know, we're on a team, whether maybe we mm-hmm. just started at this company a month ago. And here's mm-hmm. the thing is we're coming in and Joey's going to share some of these five core practices that apply regardless of your role. Mm-hmm. And Joey, what I really love to do, because you're so good at this, is frame this up uh-huh. from the assumption. Okay. I don't know if it's really an assumption. The <laughs> we'll team make it is one. currently dysfunctional. Oh okay. my God. Whoever heard of that? A dysfunctional team. <laughs> Let's just say the cur- the team is currently dysfunctional, either because <laughs> of leadership, people don't know the vision, how what is kind of I, I love oh. the saying, hey, you teach what you tolerate. Maybe yeah. I've tolerated either some bad behaviors or people being sarcastic or letting no, no, other no people fill in for work about, of man. the people that don't do their full job. I never so hear that, about any of this stuff. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know it's all hypothetical. Yeah, it is very, and it is presumptive, but uh, that's okay, so, keep going. So I'm going to put you in my gratitude journal for just rolling with me today. <laughs> I can play pretend. <laughs> hey, hey, John, when was the last uh, conversation you had about a team that didn't sound like this, right? It was yesterday as we were uh, talking about unicorns. They were, it was in the same conversation. <laughs> And look at the rainbow. The sugar plums <laughs> and fairies were with you too, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, uh, somebody said something about, you know, I just want my team to be normal. And I said, oh, well, <laughs> let's, what is normal? Normal's not a good standard of comparison. Yeah, like 96.8% of all teams are dysfunctional, right? Is that normal? You know, like, did your team put the fun or the funk in dysfunctional? That's the question, right? So, uh, so yeah, I, I can roll with you on these teams because it's reality. As I mentioned earlier, 54% of, of people on these teams left the team because of a bad or a toxic boss. And I don't know that they're some, okay. Some of these bosses are just bad people. I get that their behavior certainly is, but again, we teach what we tolerate. They just weren't trained. A lot of times a mid-level manager or supervisor was really good at what he or she did. Yeah. And so they got promoted up to this position without a whole lot of leadership training. And that's why we have the coach positive and work positive manager coach training programs that are, of course, we have an ICF approved program for coach training, but we just want to teach. This is like coach training light. So we just want to teach these managers and supervisors some skills, right? And how to lead people and how to create a positive work culture. So, you know, a lot of times we just don't set them up for success. So if your team is that way, whether you're just coming onto the team, whether you lead the team, whether you're a solopreneur, you know, you're managing a bunch of 1099s, wherever mm-hmm. it is, just remember, first of all, well, there are five core practices. So first of all, just remember who attracted this team or how you got on this team. If you're the leader, you attracted the team, you chose the team. If you agreed to serve on this team, there's something about you that attracted the team. So the the first person to whom you have responsibility in creating a work positive work style is yourself. And so the place to begin is with your mind because 
all transformation starts and stops in your head. So the first core practice we refer to as the perceive core practice, by the way, all five core practices rhyme. So when I'm back in the day, when you used to get on platforms in front of 1200 people, I could remember them all. <laughs> so you, what you want to do is you want to focus on the positive and filter out the negative in terms of the thoughts. Now it's not that the negative thoughts aren't out there. They are, man. So what you want to do is discover a, a process of replacing those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Now, this is where we as Jesus followers really have an unfair competitive advantage because we have an entire book full of replacement thoughts, you know, with mm -hmm. like 66 books in the Bible, right? And Jesus took it right to the heart of this. You've heard it said, blah, blah, blah. But I say to you, do this instead. So we've got the replacement thoughts in there for us. And scripture makes an excellent replacement thought. And again, we, we teach all sorts of simple tactics for you to really transform your mind. Or as Paul talks about in Romans 12, right? Wanting to renew your mind in the mind of Christ. Rather than being conformed, transform through the renewal of your mind. Okay, so, so let's say I bring in that focus on the positive. I actually start to okay. work hard because I, I think as humans, we tend to, let's say that I have a bad day, maybe I snap at you. In my own head, okay. I think I judge myself based on my motives, which I know are good. I'm just having a bad day. So I, I actually, I think in that moment, we tend to give ourselves a little bit more grace. But if you snap at me, uh -huh. this has been my experience, all of a sudden, yeah. I'm trying to wonder, okay, what's that about? Is yeah, that guy a yeah. jerk? Is, or is he, you know, what's the motive there? And then I might go gossip about it. Mm. That's mm. a whole nother conversation. That's just a cancer that develops in this environment. But yeah. how about this? Let's we'll say that I'm that starting that. to really work on my, I'm trying to be on the more positive side. Because mm -hmm. for me, that's not, maybe not where I've come from. And I see the benefits of that. Sure. But I have some of those people around me, man, they are just, it is hard to overcome their negativity. Uh -huh. Any thoughts on what you can do or share with them or influence some of these people around you to affect even the culture that's happening just right there on your work team? Yeah, thanks for that great introduction to the second core practice. <laughs> Which, I'm here, man. I'm well. You're yeah. I, I'm your wingman, Joey. I'm going through this. I got you. Yeah, uh, target acquired. Uh, <laughs> so the second core practice is the conceived core practice, and what happens is exactly what you said. You know, you're working those replacement thoughts. You're focusing on the positive and filtering out the negative. And we've got a whole ton of tactics for you to do that with. And then you go to work or you're on Zoom with your work team and you notice, hey, guess what? Not everyone is trying to perceive the positive at work. Who ever heard of such? By the way, there's a whole dynamic wrapped around the neuroscience of the inner critic. And so maybe I am more gracious with myself. Maybe I'm not when I snap at you. I refer to that as delivering the mail to the wrong address when I snap at you, because I, it's really pent up frustration over something I wish I had said to somebody else. But anyway, so these negative people that you're experiencing at work, I've got a pet name for them, John, because I used to ask, does anybody know a negative person at work? And people would literally raise their hands and shout names, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I've got to, because <laughs> those people like might be in the room and they didn't know each other or in the same room together. So I named these, um, these negative people or people with negative behavior, Eeyore vampires. 
Igor, because, you know, Winnie the Pooh's little team would get together, Piglet, T-I-W-G-R, who's my personal favorite, and they're having this team meeting planning this incredible play day for Christopher Robin, right? And Igor walks up, listens for like a nanosecond and says, it'll never work. Man, we've all been in meetings with people like that, right? We've all heard from folks like that. You know, y'all can try that if you want to. We tried it back in 1969. It didn't work then. It ain't going to work now, you know, or whatever iteration of that. Vampires, because, man, wouldn't it be cool if you could just cut off Zoom or go back, you know, to doing those things that you love with the people you love without Eeyore in your head? But when the sun goes down, Eeyore morphs into a vampire and begins sucking time and energy and attention away from the people that you love, the people that you choose to be with. You might not choose to be with your team, right? But the people you choose to be with. So, you know, there I found myself when our girls were young playing uh, Pretty Pretty Princess or Candyland. Yeah, I did. And I'm thinking about my Eeyore vampires and I'm like, I am physically present, but I am not relationally present with this daughter and she can tell because it's inauthentic so how do you deal with these eeyore vampires john without becoming one yourself becomes the question because as jim Rohn, my favorite business philosopher said years ago you are the average of the five persons with whom you spend the most time so guess what if you're on a team of eeyore vampires you become one among them, you become a New York vampire. So we teach lots of tactics. The Dr. Joey two-step is one. I love music and I love to dance. So Dr. Joey two-step's one. There's also, you mentioned so What gossip. is the Dr. Joey two-step? Ah, well, see, I got to tell you a story to tell you the Dr. Joey two <laughs> So H.L. Mencken was this newspaper columnist back, I guess, in the 20s, maybe the 30s. And he wrote this column that people just vehemently disagreed with which was the way he <laughs> wrote a lot of columns and back in the day john you might have read about it being a youngster that you are but people used to actually sit down with a pen and a piece of paper write handwrite a letter put it in something called an envelope seal it put a stamp on it and mail it to people so here's Mencken. he's receiving all this hate mail we would think of it today and he's got all these letters and so he writes a column in response to all of his detractors. And the letter basically goes something like this. Dear readers, I have received your many letters about my recent column. I have them in hand and am sitting in the smallest room in my home. Soon your letters will be behind me. <laughs> you with me there? <laughs> Okay. All right. So how do we deal with your vampires without becoming one ourselves? Step one, John, is to grab the handle. You got to grab the handle to put these your vampires behind you, which means that we can learn from everyone, even if it's from their negative behavior. So I can say, okay, John snapped at me. I want to make a mental note to self to find behavior other than snapping back at him the next time he snaps at me, to respond rather than to react, to be empathetic and engaging, you know, rather than to fire it right back at him. Okay, so the grab the handle is step one in the Dr. Joey two-step. And step two, can we all say it together in John Ramstead world? 
flush, right? You have got to flush. And man, some of the stuff you experience from ER vampires requires multiple flushes. And sometimes we need a lance in our lives, just like you were talking about a moment ago, just to help us flush and flush and keep flushing. And what are we flushing? Well, we're flushing the negativity. We're flushing the negative thoughts. We're flushing the negative emotions because so much of that stuff's Velcro. And I know I'm mixing metaphors here, but so much of that stuff's Velcro and it sticks in our hearts. It sticks in our heads. And John, it literally impedes us from moving forward and being relationally the best person that we can be. And at the end of the day, as Jesus followers, that's the most important place where we manifest Christ is in our relationships. So in order for me to be at my best and to become my best and to help bring you up into your best, put just enough pressure on you to bring out the best in you, right? Then I got to flush and learn. Step one is to grab the handle, learn those lessons. And step two is to flush. Well, and you know, something that's helped me is I've really worked on this whole area of self-awareness for myself. Mm. This has helped me flush with other people, not flush them, but flush the behavior right. and the emotion. The behavior and that and is, emotion. guess what? I have no idea. Like I looked at all some of my low points. These are things emotionally, mm -hmm. physically, spiritually, financially, things that I've been through in my life. Things led yeah. to that. The betrayal of a friend, a boss who embarrassed me in a meeting, an employee who I counted on, who told me they got everything wired, who who uh, caused me no end of, of grief that we spent months fixing. So wow. you have no idea that other person, what mm -mm. they're showing up with. Mm -mm. And they might not ever want to show it to you because that's about building trust. So for me to actually wow. show up into that place of almost pre-forgiveness, because I've, you know what, there's something mm. about them. And mm. I love what you said, hey, focus on some of those interactions that are positive? Are there some things that we can do to, you know, instead of judging them, can we work to understand mm. maybe their style, what works, what doesn't, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and show up as the best version of ourself, even if they are not? Absolutely. And what I have found, I'm going to say virtually, because I don't know of a time that it hasn't. <laughs> so I don't want to say 100% of the time. Right. I'm, telling you, I'm not aware of one. I have never seen a situation in my own personal life or that of my clients mm -hmm. where it has not improved when people start taking, you know, yeah. uh, that approach. Yeah. I refer to that as observe without participate. Mm. That's the way mm. I describe that approach. We're let's observe what's going on in the room with that person, whatever, but let's avoid participating in his or her stuff. And stuff's a nice word there, right? Yeah. Observe without participating. And therefore, I'm suspending my need to judge. I'm suspending my need to fix, right? I'm just receiving and showing up what's happening in the minute. And as I'm very fond of saying, hey, we're all just trying to figure it out. I mean, think about what Jesus did. If he is our model and we're trying to follow him, right? Here he is out in the open in a public place and the Pharisees drag a naked woman out of some guy's bed and throw her at his feet. I mean, if ever there was a case, right? Slam dunk, open shut, boom, she's guilty. Surely he'll get this one right. And yet what's the outcome? She gets her sin forgiven. The elders drop their stones and walk away. Come on now. If you've already prejudged, if you've already decided, hey, naked women in the middle of the street are caught in adultery, never mind asking where's the guy. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Where's the man? Why, why is she out here? Right? Why, where is he? You know, if you've already prejudged, mm, man, there's more Eeyore vampire in you than you realize, right? But if you can just say, everybody's just trying to figure it out, give them a break. I refer to it as a free space on their bingo card. You know, every bingo card's got a free space on it. That's true. You know what I always envisioned? Because I'd like to learn someday. You know what it says? Jesus bent down and started writing in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just got real for those guys that were also self-righteous. And he uh-huh. started writing down, John, last week you did this, Joey. Yeah. And then they're right. looking at this right. going, oh, my word, he knows. Yeah. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. yeah. Because guess what? You know what? It's, it, it, it is definitely kind of human nature to go judge because that's easier than look in the mirror and say, you know what? Oh, I got to take care of my own stuff nature. and that's give right. other people grace. You know what I'm saying? Well, look, if we're talking about your crap instead of mine, I'm a lot more comfortable because <laughs> it, it, the, the focus is on you and your stuff. And yeah, that's right. Man. <laughs> Wait a minute. I am totally capable of whatever it is that John Ramstead just did. Because mm-hmm. I'm just as human as John Ramstead. Yeah, so, I probably did it earlier that morning. Just I probably already, yeah, yeah, I preempted, right? <laughs> well, you probably yeah. didn't, Joe. I mean, you've worked on this for years. You're just always nice. Well, I do hope that when people come to my funeral and they're eating fried chicken, right? Because I'm from the South and Eastern North Carolina style barbecue with some hush puppies and slaw. I do hope they say, you know, Joey had a lot of nice things to say about people. However, I'm far more interested in them meeting Christ. Yeah, me too. In me and through me, because it's just not about me. But Okay, um, so number one, yeah, we start focusing on the positive. That's number perceive. two conceive right Mm -hmm. and that's where i'm focusing on positive people and filtering out the negative ones but it's also all about how to deal with your vampires without becoming one yourself by the way when you go to workpositivebook.com and you get that free copy of the team edition along with the audio book and a free online course you're gonna discover some really cool things in that conceive core practice not only about how to deal with your vampires but you're also going to discover what the five key characteristics of work positive dream teams are Cause you know what you don't want to do, but what do you want to do? And I'm talking about off the resume stuff here as you're putting your team together so that you're attracting the right kind of people. Mm, love that. Okay. Yep. What's number three, your third. Number three uh, is believe. This is the emotional engagement uh, with your work. This is uh, as you were talking about in the introduction, this is what gets you out of bed with some hope in your heart and some anticipation on Monday morning. This is what, really draws you into work, the fulfillment, the purpose, if you want to think about it as purpose, but it's also the pathway to innovation and creativity because your customers are looking for solutions to their problems and they're looking for you to do it for them, whether you're selling a product or a service. So how do you innovate and create in such ways that it solves those problems. And sometimes the problems aren't known. If you want to use the word need instead of problems, you know, I got identified needs and unidentified needs. Like take Steve Jobs, for instance. Dude, I did not know I needed an iPod until he invented one. I mean, and that I needed 5,392 million songs in my pocket, right? Never mind, I'll live long enough to <laughs> listen to all of them. I didn't know I needed an iPhone or a smartphone. There's so much I don't know I need. 
So how do you innovate and create in such a way that you take people to that next level of living? It's a transformational journey through an emotional engagement with your work. Now people say, oh, well, I, I owe, I owe, so after work I go, okay. But this really is, with all deference to Simon Sinek, the why core practice of your work. Why do you work? Do you work because you got a mortgage and you got to pay it? You got to put food on the table. Okay. But there is a divine design that's put into each one of us there. If you want to think about it as your spiritual DNA, there's a creative reason the father birthed you the way that you are uniquely out of what seven and a half billion of us now running around here. Mm-hmm. Although Elon Musk has taken us to Mars, right? <laughs> so <laughs> some of us might get to go up there. There's a reason for that. So discovering that why discovering your reason really engages you for work because if you go back into the book of Genesis, you read those first two chapters, dig into those a little bit more. I know the third chapter is where the fall occurs, but prior to the fall, God, the father breathes into Adam, the first man, so that he becomes a living being. And there's this exchange of ruach is the Hebrew word. And that's an animation spirit. That's something more than CPR, right? Or the Heimlich maneuver or something. That's really literally a soul exchange, right? In the Greek, we read about nephesh and well, it's nephesh and ruach at Pentecost, right? And at this animation process of going nose to nose with Adam dripping wet coming out of the clay. And then God immediately does what? He puts Adam to work in the garden. This is before the fall. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later in the Old Testament, we read that same word for work when Adam's put to work is a word for worship, which can mean worship. And so literally, and I think we're starting to become aware of this as Jesus followers, but you just really can't talk enough about this. Work becomes worship. Colossians 3.23, do everything with excellence as unto the Lord. I mean, our, our work is an opportunity to glorify God and to honor the people around us. And so integrating our divine design into an understanding, self-awareness of our purpose becomes this opportunity, even in the midst, you're serving on a team that sucks, even in the midst of a dysfunctional team, Mm -hmm. you still can, right, work out of your divine design. And we spend so much time, we've got coaches all over the world, and this is what we do. We help them discover new awareness so they can transform and move forward and their work can have meaning beyond the current capacity. Yeah. You know, that's so important. What, you know, what do you say people like, you know, they, they're trying to connect to their why they're trying to connect to their purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like it's, there's totally disconnected right now in the present. What do you share when people come to you and say, like, I just don't see the, the worship or the, even the why or the meaning in this job. Cause it is, I hate it but I have to pay my bills. Like I'm in that place. How do you mm-hmm. get people to maybe shift or reframe or, or is the option to, you know, to, you know, start looking and move down the road like those other 83%. You know, sometimes it does mean changing the environment. And so mm-hmm. doing an honest assessment of what is there about the, what are the environmental factors 
you know, again, what's the boss, what's the environmental factor, or perhaps you, you've grown, you become a Jesus follower, or you've become transformed in your spirit to a different level. And so there, there can be, you know, some ethical, some moral, some, you know, personal value kind of disconnects and you really want to make sure your core values and the company core values align. That's supremely important. Mm. And if they don't, then yeah, make yourself available to another company to use your gifts and graces. However, (laughs) what happens so often is you play the blame game without doing that self-awareness inventory that I just described. You play the blame game and you take yourself and your current mental model of work to the next company. And guess what, John, <laughs> those teams suck too. You're going to recreate the dynamic, aren't you? Because you, you, you didn't experience you. any growth or change from one place yeah. to another. It's like you a know, it's a question man. I ask my leaders who are, that I get to work with and we're, we're first starting to work together and they're telling me about the team that they inherited and the dynamics and the culture and that this person's toxic and, you know, but, Hey, it's been more than a couple days. So my question often is, what is it about you and your leadership that has actually created this dynamic? Uh-huh. And I've had some yeah. people that have absolutely just been like, I didn't create it. That's right. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, John, you weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had other people, but then I'm like, but then you press in on that. I'm like, no, yep. if there is something you're, you've done that's created this yep. as a leader, you do have, you might not have full responsibility, yep. but you do have an influence on that. And if it's gotten worse, it's yep. on us as a leader or a member of a team. Or if it's the same. Or if it's the same complicit. and hasn't improved. Yeah, you're complicit in the conspiracy, right? To maintain the culture. So you're, you're I just want everybody to hear quo. what we're saying is you have influence. And if it is not where you want it to be, and Joey, like I, I was just talking to somebody, literally we've been coaching for a while and they mm-hmm. were doing everything right to try to improve the situation. Sure. I even came in to facilitate a team meeting and, yeah. and I, I wanted to see firsthand what she was sharing with me. And mm-hmm. the, what we came to is the conclusion is, you know what? I agree. This is not the place for you. What yep. they want to do, who they are, where they're going, their values are just so are out of alignment enough with you. It wasn't out to right. lunch, but that I don't think you can, you know, be happy here. And so she did make that shift. Other people, we've had those conversations and they realize, you know what? My goodness, I am so far away from that better version of myself. Mm -hmm. Like how I react, how I hold on to things. I'm the source of a lot of the gossip, right? Mm -hmm. I'm tolerating this from this person and have a different standard Mm -hmm. for this person because of stuff I brought in. But anyway, but that's the good news is we do have... Mm-hmm. the ability to influence things in a positive way when we accept responsibility for the outcomes that we are experiencing. And I know for a lot of people, that's kind of a big pill to swallow. But in my experience, <laughs> that's the truth. Right? No, it is the truth, man. But growth always lies just beyond the edge of our comfort zones. Mm. So it, it might stretch us a bit to go there. But that's why it's emotional engagement work. And that's why you hear me say time after time that the workplace is the whitest mission field, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of Jesus talking about the fields are white and the harvest, the whitest mission fields that there are, because we have marvelous opportunities in the mission field to help people discover their divine design and to focus in on their why. 
And that means that we claim responsibility for our actions and interactions emotionally. Between, depending on which survey you read today, somewhere between two thirds and three fourths of all American workers say they are disengaged at work. They'll use words like dissatisfied, mm -hmm. not fulfilled, um, things like that. That's a big number. Just think and, of all the- And the those numbers have not waste. gotten better in the last 10 years. Nope, they are consistent over 10 years. And if you read some of the literature done among Jesus followers in the workplace, those numbers are pretty much the same. Which really makes you wonder how much we're following Jesus, right? In terms of that emotional engagement. So just think of the drain economically, the good that can be done with more money that we earn in terms of alleviating suffering and pain around the world. It, it's a huge disconnect and a wonderful opportunity ta -da, for we Jesus followers in the workplace to help people focus on their emotional engagement. So the third core practice is believe. Believe. Love that. And so, hey, here's a thought. What if this week, right? I'm recording mm -hmm. this. It's a Monday morning. When you yep. all hear this, what if you say, okay, the next seven days, we all love going on mission trips, right? Rwanda. We love going to Costa Rica, <laughs> wherever you go. Yep. What if you just said, okay, Lord, help me, prepare me. They've already given you a mission field, and that's right where you're already working. Absolutely. What if we just shift our focus for just a week? Every mm -hmm. interaction, every conversation, you just pray, and you see these as people that you are there to minister to, to witness to, to serve. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, we have to connect before we can pull, like, hey, Lord, show me how I can just better connect with people. And I think if we show up for a week with everybody around us, even if we don't like our job and say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm here on a mission trip this week, mm. like a little staycation, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And yep. just go back. Everybody who's ever done that, and I've done it myself, has always gone back and said, wow, I didn't realize the opportunity for being Christ's ambassador right here where I'm showing up Man, at work it, or in Zoom because I just shifted my yep. focus a little bit. It's the it's and I did the, better work. Yeah. Oh, 10 out of 10 times, which boomerangs and brings you more fulfillment. Jane and I talk about our calling as workplace missionaries on a regular basis. Yeah. And we really see our work. Well, it, it operates on two levels. One's overt, which is we're able to roam about the cabin with Jesus here, right? We're free to do that. However, some of our work is covert. And so the work positive side of our house is HR compliant is the way I refer to it. Still rooted in biblical principles, but yet, you know, I can't stand up in front of a group of executives from a Fortune 50 company and talk about, you know, Matthew 6, 34 and 35. So we really to your point, see ourselves as commissioning workplace missionaries. So what if we honored that more? I mean, I know Costa Rica's got beautiful beaches, at least the pictures I've seen. I can talk about Maui, I've been there, right? Uh, you know, I, I, here I am, Jesus, send me, but I wanna tell you where I'm going and it's to Maui, right? But what if work became that? The real transformation point, the place at which awareness aligns with action, John, we believe, is around how you regard other people. And I'm going back to the conceived core practice here, right? But what do you believe about work and your purpose of work? And if it becomes a, a missionary endeavor, then how do you relate to these people? How do you regard these people? And if you 
categorize them again we're back to judging them right if you're the person who needs to choose and decide who's a sheep and who's a goat it's going to be really hard for you to be a workplace missionary because you're working with a bunch of goats 10 out of 10 times and that's just an attempt to (laughs) it is it's just an attempt to prop up your own righteousness boom i said that out loud however if you can regard others as yeah sure there's some you know are jesus followers but if you can regard those who maybe you're not quite sure about as pre-believers, mm. pre-Jesus followers, then that's a transformation. And that's when your awareness begins to align with your actions. And you suddenly see Christ in people that you didn't see him in before. Now, he's layered under a bunch of life stuff, right? However, see them as pre-believers, and see what that does for you. It'll you know, transform. I tell you, just as a quick side story, during the whole political season, there was a politician. It was a woman, and she said something that just set me off. So I'm sitting there just bad-mouthing her on the phone to somebody. Seething. And <laughs> but it I was righteous off. indignation, right? I mean, it yeah, was righteous, it was righteous man. Like, because I know I am right, and, and this person's wrong. Like, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I know wrong. in my core, there is not a shadow of a doubt Right. I do believe that this position is completely antithetical to anything that is kingdom oriented, but that does not matter. Cause I got off that phone and I heard God say to me, as soon as I hung up, uh-huh. why are you cursing my daughter? Thank you. I'm like, Ooh. I just got chills again. Ooh, I'm like, that's a mic drop, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> he said, I love her as oh. I love you. And I have been in God's presence. I have felt that unconditional Thank love. You. Yes. You know what? I'm guessing, I don't want to judge that she's not part of the the family, Mm -hmm. but what if I changed my conversations about her instead of cursing her and talking negative Mm -hmm. about her two people, Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is what happened, what if I actually just started praying for her? Thank you. Sincerely, as a daughter Mm -hmm. who is welcome at the table, who God loves, and he's working in his life, and guess what? By my words, I could actually prevent that. I mean, how many people Uh do we know that have left the church because of an interaction with some jack wagon they met. Yep. Right. Yep. Who comes across as somebody who caused them pain. Mm-hmm. They literally mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally caused them pain because of their words, mm-hmm. their judgment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what right. Jesus did to the woman who was, who got mm-hmm. dragged out of the tent. Who was, who, nope. right? Nope. 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 So that's, hey, that, you... that's me on my soapbox, Joey, but I got to tell I'm you, man, it. I was convicted it's exactly what in I'm our inner about. and I, you know what I believe this it is because everything just resonates there's this spiritual magnetism mm. and uh I think Dale Carnegie even writes about it even in how to win friends and influence people if it mm-hmm. Joey if you and I are sitting here talking smack mm-hmm. about Bobby mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Bobby walks in the room Ooh, Bobby yeah. immediately can tell that the energy right our yep. body like he That's knew it. that there was he knew something I mean we all know Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting there in my own head talking smack about you, or I was just talking to a coworker about mm-hmm. you, and then you and I are having mm-hmm. a meeting, mm-hmm. don't kid yourself. It's going to, I know it's come across from me and hurt relationships that I needed to yep. build. And at the time, I wasn't me even too. aware how, you know, why I really couldn't connect or build this relationship with certain people. And Right. Talk about man getting real. Like I, I realized, wow, I, I am the reason it's not them. So 
you are complicit in a conspiracy. And yep. so you got to own mm -hmm. it. And look, if you want to arm wrestle the almighty about one of his children, go ahead. I have tried. You will lose 10 out of 10 falls. I'm telling you. But all of these people, just think of the, the, most, <laughs> the most awful ER vampire you work with. That person is still a child of God. And so when you begin to believe that your work is this kind of missions work we're talking about and your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to transform yourself and your viewpoint first so that you see these other people as pre-believers. Man, I'm telling you, be careful. It should really come with a disclaimer, right? Kids don't try this at home without a godly supervision, right? Because it, it's going to change you. You will be changed from the inside out. Yeah, true. And that's a whole another podcast is, right? There's a whole yep. different place of judging in the spirit, people that already know Christ and people that do not. It's a <laughs> right. I refer to it as fruit inspection. Yeah. You know, I go to buy a cantaloupe, I'm thumping on it, right? You're thump uh, thumping but, on but, it? I'm thumping on it. I, you know, I probably need to be able to come in right? here and like thump on me and go, dude, it's well, this is titanium over here. That's so it. this is not soft, but over <laughs> here, it's like a little mushy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just be careful around the microwave. You know? <laughs> right? uh, yeah, I love the movie Christmas Vacation. But anyway, oh, that's awesome. if anybody's seen it, they just got that joke. And I don't have to explain it. But anyway, well, hey, let's do this because uh, unfortunately, we're uh, I, we went over 15 minutes. So you know what? We need to have you on for a part two. Oh, do we? I want to finish. You know what? Let's oh, record we? that soon, and we can re release these back to back. Everybody listening. Okay. I want to go through these other two principles. Okay. And then what I'd like to even do, okay. I think this would mm -hmm. be a blast, is even look at real life situations. Maybe even have yeah. some listeners bring in if you guys are, well, they won't be listening yet. But I will reach out and solicit to some of my listeners. And why don't you and I sit here and say, okay, if that was a client, and they were sitting here with you and I having a cup of coffee and mm -hmm. they had this situation, how would we coach them on how to apply some of this so people can walk out of these two with some Perfect. real stuff. Cause you know what, what we're talking about is so important because we yeah. are meant and to walk that. into a place and be a light and be right. an ambassador and like the boy Scouts, mm -hmm. right? Leave the campground better than when you showed up. You know what I'm saying? Oh man. Yeah. And we, we do that monthly with our company. Anyway, we have monthly coaching calls with teams of managers from within an enterprise level company or a bunch of solopreneurs or small business owners, things like that. So that would be really cool. I mean, if somebody wants to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to get on the call with you guys and, and stretch it out, we can do that. Well, you too. know what? I so. bet I can find some folks to do that. So listen, everybody listening, and we're going to do a part two, but it's workpositivebook.com. It's awesome. Actually, I'm going to order this because I want the other resources because it's just going to make me better with what I do, right? You're going to get the book. You're going to get the audio book. You're going to get the team edition. You're going to get an online course. The only thing you have to do uh, for Joey is just pay the six ninety five, the shipping and handling, because they're going to give you all that free. They just can't pay the uh, post office too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to support the post office, yeah, man. <laughs> they get enough support. I'm sure they they got enough in the uh, well. Every bill that's paid. Hey, anyway, I won't go there. Hey, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> just just a side note: postal carriers have gotten beat up right since last year, prior to the election and following, and then. Oh my God, they um, they have so many packages carrying the cars now. I love making a pound cake 
well, probably because I love eating pound cake, but I've got this recipe called a million dollar pound cake. So, and, I, and I'm not puffing myself up. I'm just saying, here's what you, something you can do for fun. I know my postal carriers are getting beat up, right? So I make a pound cake at least once a month and I cut these chunks. They're not slices, chunks. And I take them to my post office and I give them to my postmistress and my postal carriers. And I say, man, I want you to know how much I appreciate what you're doing. Because some of them have, you know, you get halfway through the route on some days, like the subscribe and save Amazon delivery days, right? <laughs> and they have to turn around and go back and get more boxes. And it's just really stressing them out. So, um, you know, just find a way to say thanks to the people. This is the fifth core practice, by the way. Just find a way to say thanks to people who could use a word of encouragement or just an act of encouragement or some pound cake. Pound cake is good. Awesome. With that, my friend, this has been fantastic. Everybody out there, next week, we're going to have part two. We're going to continue this conversation. You are going to love it. It's going to be awesome. And listen, just go out there, folks. Knock them alive. And remember, if you haven't also already, buy, go get On Purpose With Purpose. It ties into a lot of exactly what we're talking about here also. So we will see you guys. Listen to you guys. Reach out. Love hearing from you. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Thank you.